The Energy Matters to You podcast is a communication platform that features technologies and thought leaders working to advance energy efficiency. Energy Matters to You seeks to connect buyers with sellers so that practical, cost-effective energy efficiency and sustainable energy solutions continue to gain market traction. And now your hosts, Ron Galuli and Leo Ryan. Hello and welcome to Energy Matters to You. I'm Leo Ryan, host along with co-host Ron Galuli. Ron, good to have you in the house. Good morning, Leo. It's great to see you. It's been a while. We're back at it, though. Yeah, appreciate those folks stepping forward and uh, and uh, bringing their services to, to to market through the through the podcast. And we've got a great relationship with the guys at the Association of Energy Engineers. Those guys are doing a great job at uh, advertising the podcast and helping professionalize it. Absolutely. Both John Ma and Derek have done a great job. Derek on the production side and John with the vision to uh, partner with us. So yeah, it's it's been a great partnership. A couple of interesting meetings lately. Yeah. In fact, we had one at your alma mater, uh, UMass Lowell. They provide an overview on their comprehensive approach to decarbonization. That was presented by Rory O'Mahony, nice Irishman. And so that was really interesting. And come to find there, I think all the state schools are required to have decarbonization roadmap. But it was very interesting on the number of projects that are associated with this effort. In upcoming, we have a technical event that's on October 31st. That's in Southboro. And that's uh, a roundtable on strategic electrification, weatherization, and electric infrastructure on October 31st. Register for that now because spaces are limited. And also, there's another event hosted by CWheel, which is the Council on Women in Energy Environmental Leadership. And that's on November 3rd. And that's exploring the art of aligning your career purpose to the job search journey and ultimately career advancement. So yeah, there's quite a bit of activity yeah, on the calendar and looking forward to that. Yeah, thanks for sharing that. If, uh, if folks didn't write it all down, where would they go to, to find that, that calendar? AEENewEngland.org. It's the New England chapter of the Association of Energy Engineers and the website has all that information. It's great you mentioned uh, Rory's talk about uh, UMass Lowell and that work on uh, decarbonization. I'll tell you, Ron, I am here in that language Everywhere I go, I was down at you know university in, in Rhode Island, and um, you know languages shift from energy efficiency or lower operating costs to decarbonization, and so these real effective project managers are asked to kind of refocus the projects, and there's there's money available at the university level to to to, to drive towards decarbonization. Are you seeing the same kind of motivations and change in language? Absolutely. Uh, more and more customers are interested in electrification. They have goals for decarbonization. And that, combined with the utilities moving into that path of electrification, has generated quite a bit of interest and activity. Great. Well, we've got some guests on today who are right in the thick of that, helping folks move towards their deca- meet their decarbonization goals. I want to welcome um, Nick Vallone. And Mike McHugh from East Coast Renewable Energy. Gentlemen, welcome to Energy Matters to you. Glad to be here. So, Nick, why don't you start us off? Just tell us a little bit about uh, who you are and what your role is with East Coast Renewable Energy. So, East Coast Renewable Energy is my company. I founded it in uh, 2021. The company was originally started in regards to the net metering program that put on by the state of Massachusetts otherwise known as community solar. 
what it allows is businesses and residents for that matter to connect to the solar fields by doing so they're always get their energy from either national good or ever source but the benefit is they're going to pay a percentage of their electrical bill currently the savings for any person who pays an electrical bill is 10 percent. so if their electrical bill is a hundred dollars a month they would pay ninety dollars if the electricity prices go up to two hundred dollars they're going to be paying $180. It's a free program put on by or sponsored by the state of Massachusetts DOER. The other program that we have um, really jumped in at is the EV charging stations. Hey, you know what? I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this because we're going to go deep on both of those. But I want to, okay. uh, your, your, uh, to, to Mike McHugh to introduce himself as well. Nick, Nick, we'll get right into these deep on these programs. Thank you, Leo. My name's Mike McHugh, and I am basically the business development director for East Coast right now. Uh, my background is actually in municipalities. I had been a town manager for approximately the last 15 to 18 years, and prior to which I was a selectman in Mansfield. And before that, actually, I was working for a laboratory in Cambridge. But Nick approached me. Uh, it was just as the p- pandemic was setting in and everybody was hiding in their basements. And he explained this program to me. And um, once I checked it out and found that uh, it was exactly what Nick said it was, I've started working with him. And I think we've been pretty successful thus far. Awesome. So, Mike, tell me a little bit about like who, who's the marketplace uh, geographically in terms of institutions? Who, who are the people that are a good fit for East Coast Renewable Energy? Well, really, anybody. It's it's ranges from uh, large manufacturing facilities down to an individual home. Um, Anyone who pays an electric bill, either to National Grid or uh, Eversource in the state of Massachusetts, and Uintel, there's a few uh, locations up uh, in the northern part of the state, is eligible for the program. So we try to reach out to uh, facilities managers, uh, CFOs, people that not only understand the, the value of the program, but also have the ability to look at how it would be applied to their particular um, concern. Yeah. So we've worked, uh, there's probably not a business area that we haven't worked with. Okay. Churches, YMCAs, municipalities, uh, down in our section, uh, my section of uh, Massachusetts, we're working with a couple of municipalities right now, not only with the net metering, but also with the installation of the EV units. It just, it, it really, the sky is the limit. And mm-hmm. it's once we speak to somebody who can understand that, first of all, it's real. I mean, there's a lot of, you know, unfortunately, there's a lot of grifters out there. But they say, uh, at the very end, they say, well, why wouldn't I want to do this, Mike? And I have no idea. Well, maybe you sure. don't want to save the money. Maybe you don't want to also start offsetting the coal burning energy with renewable energy. Because what the net metering does... Uh, at least here in the state of Massachusetts, is as even if it's it's an infa- a very, very tiny amount of energy that somebody agrees that they're taking from a solar field, that's going to edge out that much more of the coal burner uh, energy the national grid needs. Okay. So, Mike, anybody who pays a, a, a bill to National Grid, Eversource, or in some cases, Unitel, they're a decent client. They're a good, good fit for um, East Coast Renewable Energy and, and the net metering program. Yes. Okay. All right. Good. So, so Nick, take us take us down. Like, uh, what is this net metering? If I'm, uh, I'm going to explain it to my wife about this net metering and why we should consider it to the house. Walk me through how you approach somebody and, and describe the benefits. Mike started to do that. I want you. I want you to give you a chance to flesh that out for us. 
I, I will. Uh, before we get into that, I just want to explain that a very similar program is offered in Rhode Island, Maine, Vermont, and pretty much upstate New York. Okay. And you'll handle okay. those territories as well? Yes, sir. So we have power in all those states. Uh, each state does have a different in, uh, percentage savings. So in Massachusetts, it's 10%. We can always talk about the other savings in the other states at another time. So how I go over and explain the net metering program is you're able to connect to 100% renewable energy and pay a percentage of your electricity bill without installing anything on your property. So initially going to, I'm, I'm sitting in front of a subway, going in, into a subway where they don't own the building, they can now connect to 100% renew, renewable energy, advertise they're connected to 100% renewable energy, and save additionally on their electrical bill. Now, I want to really make a very clear note here. A lot of people that we talk about think that this is the negotiated supply rate. So the difference between the net metering program and your supply rate is as follows. Your electrical bill is divided into two different areas, your delivery charges and your supply charges. And in some case, there are demand charges. Where the state of Massachusetts, among most of the New England states, are what they call deregulated states, they can get their supply portion of their energy from other places outside of National Grid and Eversource. So most people have heard of Constellation, Direct Energy. Those are the supply rates. So how the net metering program works is your total bill. So whatever your charge is for your delivery rate or delivery cost plus your supply cost is what you pay to the utility. If that cost, I'm just using a very generic number, is $1,000, the solar field, let's just in very simple purpose terms here because we're not in a perfect world, puts a $1,000 credit on your electricity bill which would mean you'd pay $0 to electricity company. And then 30 days later, you'd pay the solar developer 90% of that. So there's a 10% savings. Now, a lot of people will kind of snub their nose to a 10% savings. So Leo, I have to ask you a question. If I work for a fuel company, without mentioning any names, and you went to fill up your gas tank and you filled up the gas tank and it'll cost you $100, and 30 days later you check your credit card out, and you only billed $90. Are you ever going to say that you don't want to get that $10, uh, that $10 savings? Good analogy. I want that $10, Nick. Exactly. And the beautiful thing is, is that as electricity prices go up, you're always paying 90% of that bill. So you are ahead of the game on your electricity prices all the time. And then of course, you can feel good about yourself that you're connected to in purchasing 100% renewable energy. So on a, on a residential level, you have that. On a commercial level, it's good to advertise that because you're being proactive in the world. So Nick, we, I've known uh, several friends that have actually had solar installations on their house mm -hmm. and just heard horror show stories about the interconnection process. We have one friend right now, I think the solar's been on the house for almost six months and it's still not interconnected. So they're not getting the benefit. So this avoids all that for the consumer. 
they don't have to perform an installation on their house, but they get the benefits of the solar. I'm going to answer that question in two different ways. The answer to the question is yes, there is nothing installed on the property. So if somebody, let's say, lives in a condominium complex and they're not allowed to install solar, you can connect to this program as there's nothing that goes on the property. As a business owner, where you're renting a building, you don't have to let your landlord know as long as you're paying the electricity bill, nothing gets affected on the property. But Ron, I want to kind of jump back at you when you're talking about the installation of the solar panels and waiting for the, uh, the interconnection process. You kind of have the same thing with the net metering program. It does take time for the utility to, for a lack of a better term, flip the switch for you to get connected. Okay, does that make sense? Yeah, it does. So that, that's basically the transaction process takes some time. Yeah. Right, it good. does. So right now it is taking about three to six months. Uh, during the COVID time, it was closer to a year. Okay, three to six months, it doesn't sound too bad to me compared to some <clears> of the stories I've heard, especially when you have the infrastructure on your house and you're waiting. So Nick and Mike, about uh, six, eight years ago in the town of Natick, we participated in one of those solarized programs where we did a lot of education in the community about installing residential solar. And one of the questions we had to answer all the time was about uh, roof configuration and orientation of the house. And the reality is uh, the percentage is something like 80% of the, of the single families in Natick aren't sufficiently situated to allow the installation of solar panels on the house. And so you guys at East Coast Renewable Energy are bringing forward a solution that allows folks to participate in clean energy without, without that restriction or that constraint being a problem. Well, I think Correct. the other thing, too, uh, in regards to what you've just mentioned, uh, a homeowner whose home might be situated, and like you said, a lot of them are. There's a lot of trees in Massachusetts. One thing that we have been emphasizing is the fact that not only would a situation like that not work with panels, but you could have a, a historic building that you probably don't want them on there to begin with. However, since it's a historic designation, you probably can't anyways if you wanted to. Or there also could be zoning uh, you know, regulations that don't allow such. Yeah. Uh, we signed up, um, well, it's been about a year now, we signed up a restaurant in Foxborough, uh, which uh, harkens back for at least 100 years, if not 150 <laughs> years. And this solved that sort of a problem. The gentleman wanted to use renewable energy, obviously did not want to put the panels up, probably couldn't put the panels up. And now he's enjoying the benefits that, that Nick has explained. Yeah, beautiful. All right, great. So guys, we, we've, we spent some time on the net metering uh, community solar aspect. We understand East Coast Renewable Energy's value proposition and, and why folks might do that. Let's shift over to, to another um, offering that you provide, and that has to do with the level three fast charging. Now, here's an area where every transportation a conversation talks about the you know the greening of the transportation force electric vehicles coming to the road and frankly you know we we don't have an infrastructure that allows us to easily effectively move anywhere you know we're fortunate we live in a fairly populous area where there's some charging stations but you know a 500 mile drive to to Maine or or down through to Rhode Island New York and south it's very very challenging to do that so, Nick, talk to us a little bit about what East Coast Renewable Energy is doing to help uh, improve that electrical infrastructure situation. So we have teamed up with an installer 
that can install a universal fast charger. Uh, everybody knows this Tesla is the supercharger. This is the exact same charger. You'll be able to uh, charge a car in 20 to 30 minutes. Uh, they are dual ports. Uh, the state of Massachusetts uh, with uh, Eversource and National Grid have put up unbelievable incentives that you'll be able to get a fast charger for a fraction of the cost. So the fast chargers are cost over $100,000, wow. the charge, the installation, all that stuff. We are giving quotes that are going to be $5,000 for a charger. That's a fast charger now. Now, that is just a quote. Once the utility comes out, inspects it, once you identify where you want the charging stations, trenching for the wire if you want it in a special location, obviously the cha um, prices change. The big concern I have with the EV charging is the same situation where the solar incentive is, is as more people realize that the incentive is there, the faster it's going to fill up. So I am really incentivizing my business owners, hey, let's move forward. We're going to give you a proposal. Let's get the utility out there to do the site visit and lock you into the uh, incentive. Um, and then you, you go from there. You know, the incentive when we had solar installation, uh, which was originally called SREC1, where all the incentives were there, payback on solar installation was really quick. Then we went to SREC2 increase the incentive, uh, decrease the incentive a little bit, thus increasing the payback time frame. And then we went into the SMART program, which we're at right now, again, decreasing the incentive, increasing the term. Uh, but in Massachusetts, it is unbelievable right now. Think about buying a $100,000 car for $5,000. Would yeah. you ever say you wouldn't do that? No. So Mike, who's taking your call? You come through this offering, who's as a business development professional, who's taking your call on these uh, fast chargers? Uh, just about everyone. What I did want to point out and what I believe, Leo, you can appreciate it, and Ron probably as well, is the fact that it, one, of the, one of the areas that I concentrate on for reasons I previously mentioned are municipalities. Uh, one of the problems uh, with doing really anything with the municipality are the procurement regs, uh, chapter 30B. Fortunately, uh, the state made the change not that long ago that these EV units do not fall under procurement uh, by uh, the procurement regs. It's, it's called Chapter uh, 25A, in which they've exempted uh, the purchase and installation of EV units uh, for municipalities or any other uh, entity that needs to uh, to adhere to Chapter 30B. So, as far as the EV units go. Just in general, as Nick said, and it, it really is astonishing the amount of money that's being thrown into the program that results in a couple of thousand dollars, and you've got yourself a hundred and twenty thousand dollar EV station. The the positives to that are innumerable. You become a destination. You make revenue. You're seen by the community as somebody who cares about renewable energy, and you're helping build that infrastructure that you mentioned earlier that does not exist right now. But to circle back to what you originally asked, just about everyone, just about everyone, if they've got the got the room, if it's a, a locate, obviously you wouldn't want to put EV units on a dead-end street, but I tend to try to go to people that 
not only I think would like it, but would also it would also benefit the community, like right off of an expressway, let's say. Yeah, yeah, we're seeing more and more activity, obviously, in the EV space, and it's almost an exponential growth. So the EV fast charging, that's going to alleviate some of the range anxiety out there, people with the EVs. So yeah, it sounds like an excellent uh, opportunity to upgrade facilities with EV fast chargers, as long as the utility can provide the service, because obviously the there's a higher higher load associated with the fast chargers. Outstanding, gentlemen. As we always, we try to keep these to 20 minutes, we never succeed. But uh, all good stuff to talk about. So really appreciate you, Nick. Uh, any last words? Any last things you want to make sure that we communicate to the audience about East Coast Renewable Energy? Feel free to give us a call anytime. Uh, we do free assessments all the time. Not obligated anything. Let us give an opportunity to explain it to you. These programs go as far, little as low as residential houses, all the way up to municipalities, uh, hospitals, so forth and so on. So everybody in between, anybody who pays an electrical bill to National Grid and Eversource in Massachusetts can take advantage of all these programs. Outstanding, beautiful. Ron, anything else before we close? Yeah, I just wanted to note the, uh, the National Grid Energy Expo is back on this year. I think the last time they had it was prior to the pandemic in 2019. So that's on October 26th. Uh, we hope to see a lot of people there. Outstanding. Well, one of the things we say at Energy Matters to you is we're looking to, uh, to bring cost-effective solutions that uh, will help continue to gain the market traction that we need to see in the decarbonization and clean energy world. I want to thank uh, Mike McHugh and Nick Valori for the work with uh, East Coast Renewable Energy and the solutions they're providing to the marketplace. Thank you. Thank you, Leo. Thank you, Ron. Outstanding. On behalf of Energy Matters to you, Leo Ryan and Ron Glue signing off. There's work to be done. Go make a difference. Support for Energy Matters to you comes from National Grid, Raytheon, Siemens, Keurig Dr. Pepper, Eversource, Mitsubishi Electric Train HVAC US, AHA Consulting Engineers, GDS Associates, QGM Consulting, Acela Energy Group, B2Q Associates, Lidos, Conservation Solutions Corporation, Energy Management Associates Incorporated, and FMC Technologies. Do you or someone you know want to be featured on Energy Matters to You? We're seeking professionals in the energy industry to offer insight, strategy, and solutions. For more information, visit aeenewengland.org slash podcasts. For more information on the Association of Energy Engineers New England chapter, visit aeenewengland.org.